Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus when the red light goes, uh, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is off air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to off air. All right, welcome, 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 welcome on in. To the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, joined by the head, Ancho Mike Conti. Mike, what a start. I mean, what a start for Atlanta United. The hottest team in MLS, the hottest team in the city by far, given what uh, the Hawks are going through right now. And one of the best stories, in my opinion, in the sports world going right now, the way that they've been able to bounce back and not only just bounce back, Mike, but you've obviously seen and called every minute of the action right here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, I mean, they're doing it with flair. Yeah. It with style. They're doing it with electricity. Just how much fun has it been so far? Uh, I I know people don't believe this. I have fun no matter what. I, I love calling games. So whether it's a, a 5-1 win or a 5-1 loss, I always have fun doing it. But to be honest, I mean, it's more fun <laughs> when uh, they're playing well as opposed to the alternative. And, and they're playing incredibly well right now. So, um, you know, it it's – I think I, I got a question in a meeting today about – if if our teams are doing well, does it lead to an increase in listenership? And and believe it or not, it does. Like we, we've been able to 
to kind of measure that, especially with the Hawks. When they were making their playoff run a couple of years ago, our numbers were off the charts. In 2018, when Atlanta United was making their run, our, our numbers were, were um, really, really good, uh, you know, attached to our Atlanta United programming. When the Falcons are good, we tend to do better during football season. So what I'm hoping is that a lot of people are getting interested because they're playing well and they're coming to us to hear more about it. Uh, we're always going to take the soccer content really, really seriously because our, we know a, a subset of our audience really demands it. We try very hard to provide um, as comprehensive soccer coverage as we can, which is why we have Jason doing a show on Monday night, which is why we we talk about Atlanta United on our shows. We consider them to be one of the four you know, major teams in our market, and, and we treat them as such in the way that we talk about them. And, yeah, I mean, they're probably more interesting when they're doing well than when they're not. So um, we're going to try to ride this as much as we can. But it's been, from my perspective, Chris, it's been a lot of fun being a part of it. It's been a lot of goals to call. I would kind of like a low-scoring, calm match so I don't lose my voice uh, because <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my voice a little bit these first couple of weeks. But um, I guess that's a good problem to have. All right, so let's take a little deep dive here and peel back the curtain as you only can here on the off air podcast. When Atlanta United does well, 92, nine, the games, digital and podcast numbers exponent. And I mean, exponentially yeah. by the tens, by the hundreds, by the thousands go up and up and up. When Atlanta United does well, the interest from the fan base in the way that they consume digital content on our website, on our podcast pages. It, Mike, it is something that resonates in a way that I, even, even when the Braves won the World Series and Georgia won national championship, you know, a good run for Atlanta United blows those things out of the water from a digital perspective. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why that is so acute on the digital side. I mean, I know that Digitally, we can kind of super serve the soccer audience, and um, maybe that's why. I mean, it, we have more time in the digital realm to to get really in the weeds and really into depth about it as opposed to like a 10-minute segment on Dukes and Bell. But right. you, you are absolutely right. I mean, we, we definitely see that um, on the digital side. And I think, again, it's a real testament to Jason's hard work. Jason does a tremendous job. But I, we put all our soccer content there. Like if you guys were to have Garth Lagerway on. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. On Dukes and Bell, you know, we would put it there. So I, I think the fact that we have a lot of subscribers, A, uh, and B, it's all kind of in one place and it's easy to find. Uh, that that probably helps, um, but you're right. Yeah, it, it it could also be possibly. Uh, you know, I don't know if we've done a, a ton of research on this, and if we have a, a lot of data to back this up. But it does feel to me that maybe the soccer audience skews a little bit younger, mm -hmm. and as such, maybe it's an audience that consumes audio uh, more in the digital realm than over the air. But we even see it in our over-the-air terrestrial ratings, too. I mean, when when Atlanta United does well, we do see those pops. 
for for games and and for content. It, it's really cool working in a market, working in a city where people care as much about the soccer team as they do here. Yeah, and the third piece of it to complete the puzzle here is the live in-game experience. There is nothing like an Atlanta United game when the crowd is going and the songs are going and the chants are going. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we've been first in attendance at almost every home game so far this season. Yeah, I mean, I I think in overall average attendance, that's true. Charlotte had a really good crowd for their first match that I think was slightly higher than what we got in Atlanta. Um, Charlotte, I think now has the all time single match record. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the list of the, the top 10 attended matches in major league soccer history, I want to say eight of them are in Atlanta and Atlanta is going to lead the league in average attendance again this year. This is look, let's address the elephant in the room. I, I know there are some people who feel like we, overdo our soccer coverage you know i'd see some people say we force feed our audience soccer coverage i i just i can't square that thought with what i see on saturday nights when there's forty five thousand people in the stadium yep you know that that's that's a larger crowd than what the braves get that's that's a, a by a factor of three larger than what the hawks get um you know, and, and by force feed, you mean one or two segments a week. Out of <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But, but, but listen, I mean, I I want to listen to our customers. You know, I listen to all the feedback. You know, whether I agree with it or not, uh, I feel like we achieve the balance. But there are some people out there who believe that one or two soccer segments, one or two too many. I I just I don't know how you can disrespect um, a team and a sport in this city. That's drawing like that. And th- these aren't speculative figures. I mean, th- these are real numbers that we see on weekends. So it- it- it's very much the same as, um, you-, you know, Georgia State, Georgia Tech football. Like, I'm not going to disrespect those teams. I have attended those games and I know how many people attend. It- it- there are tens of thousands of people uh, it- it- who listen to our radio station who are very, very, interested and engaged with those programs same as atlanta united same as the braves i mean i'm sure there's probably listeners to our competition who believe they force feed their audience braves content well you know the braves have a lot of interest uh just because you're not a braves fan doesn't mean that particular station is force feeding content so i take the same approach with atlanta united and look we have the numbers to prove it right and you you mentioned with the digital downloads I've talked about our terrestrial ratings. We have an audience that demands the content. We're going to give it to them. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Let's talk about murder. Because. (laughs) (laughs) Heck of a transition. Yeah. Uh, So our good friend Dylan Matthews. Uh, Flippantly one day, uh, I asked him. He was, I was coming out of my show on Saturday. And he was coming in to produce one of the games. And I said, we were just talking about our plans for the weekend. And he said, oh, me and uh, my girlfriend, we can't wait to get home tonight and watch the new season of You. And I said, what's that? And he said, it's a really good show on Netflix and that I should check it out. So I looked into it and I was like, "Mm, I don't know if this is for me. It's kind of it kind of seems like a little like 
on the romantic side, which is not really my cup of tea. But I was like, you know what? If I, I think Dylan has good taste generally. I'll give it a shot. So I flipped on the first episode. And boy, was I wrong. It is about a serial killing uh, lover boy who stalks women in New York City and tricks them into falling in love with him. And then uh, through betrayal and shenanigans, uh, considers murdering them and murders people around them that get in his way. So my question is, thinking about this, I was like, hmm, why, Mike, are we as a society so obsessed with these types of shows? True crime, murder shows, murder mysteries. If you go on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, every other show is about this type of stuff. And we are transfixed on it. And I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, really good question, Chris. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll even attest to that. That um, Murdoch trial that was going on in South Carolina. Right. Uh, the, the guy who was convicted of killing his wife and son because uh, he wanted sympathy over um, stealing money from his clients. He was an attorney. Like, really complicated, elaborate case. Um, I, I could not stop watching that. Right. Could not stop watching the Murdoch trial. Um, I don't really know why I can't really put my finger on that now, other than I thought it was unpredictable, incredibly interesting. Um, maybe, maybe the unpredictability is what hooks us in. You know, I, uh, again, I'll, uh, I'm going to kind of veer off to one side here. I apologize. I had jury duty last May. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people, they kind of dread like, oh, I, I don't want to have jury duty. This, this is a hassle. I don't have time for this. Uh, I, like I you'd make a good foreman. And I was the foreman. <laughs> as I was the foreman. In fact, please address me for the rest of the segment as <laughs> Foreman Conti. I would appreciate that. Um, so anyhow, like, you, you know, you, you don't really want to do jury duty, but, but, when you finally go into that courtroom and, and, you know, they're picking jurors, you kind of feel like, all right, well, I've made it this far. If they're going to pick me, I might as well make the best of this experience. Sure. And the judge we had in DeKalb County, I don't know if I'm allowed to like give too many details um, on a broadcast. So I'll, I'll just say the judge we had was an awesome judge, you know, kept the atmosphere in the courtroom as laid back as he possibly could did everything he could to make the jurors feel comfortable. Um, and and it, it, just to be transparent, I had a civil case. No one was going to jail. We weren't sending anyone to the chair. Uh, it, it was a civil case, a, a disagreement between two people. And it was a week-long trial. And, Chris, I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved the experience. I thought it was fascinating. I was fascinated about how the lawyers argued the case. I was fascinated about the details of the case. I think because it was a situation that I could have projected myself being in okay. one day, either the plaintiff or defendant. So going back to like all these true crime series, maybe it's because we can always picture ourselves being in a show like that. We don't enjoy the thought that one day we could be murdered. 
but you can certainly picture yourself getting into a sticky situation where, you know, something bad can happen. So maybe there's a, a certain aspect of relatability to it that, that makes us enjoy it. But that's a really, really good question. Like, it's why just, do we as a society love those types of shows? It's so interesting because, like, let's be, you know, let's be frank here. There's enough negativity that goes on in life on a day-to-day basis that yeah. you would one would think that, you know, when you get home from a long day of work and, you know, you see your spouse and you just want to eat dinner and then relax and watch something fun and light and, you know, get ready for bed and get ready for the next day. It's like, no, I want to either watch people getting decapitated or people getting stalked or you know, people, you know, I want to watch a documentary about the OJ trial for the 700th time with David Schwimmer and whoever else is going to be in it. And it's, it's so interesting that, you know, throughout the course of any given day, life throws a lot of crap at you. And instead of wanting to, you know, come home and be relieved of that, we dive headfirst into more of it. And I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by that for us as as humans like i agree yeah no i i agree and look i think there's also the the element too of it's fun to watch horror movies with friends um it's fun to watch thrillers with friends like there's a social experience that i think goes along with it as well and, and for some of these widely watched shows um you know, again, kind of a social experience where we like talking about it on social media. We, we like interacting with people, uh, to, you know, to share our thoughts and feelings about it. So that might be part of it, too. I, it's it's just weird for me to think about this because I'm so consumed with, um, you know, programming a sports talk radio station, programming to a sports audience, thinking about what a sports audience likes, especially men 2554, which is our target demographic. Right. That like this is kind of a, a fun thought exercise for me, Chris, because you're making me think of something that I don't usually think of. No, that that, that makes that makes sense because yeah. usually usually when it comes to these sorts of things, we just do. We don't think like we just do. So meaning we go home at night and we just put on what we want to watch. We don't necessarily think, hmm, I saw a car accident today on my way to work and it really impacted me because you know there was a child in the back seat and the child could have been hurt and yeah. how do i unwind from that murder shows <laughs> but, but we just but we just do it we don't we don't consciously think like oh i'm gonna you know put on an, a rerun of friends because i had a crappy day we just <laughs> we just gravitate to what we like and that's right. what we do all right I love what we're about to get into here. This okay. made this tickled me yesterday because uh, I think Nick Saban was getting a little petty, and I like his sentiment because if you didn't, if you're catching up on this for the audience, Alabama suspended a player for con- conduct detrimental. Say that five times fast to the team, something that Alabama basketball didn't do with Brandon Miller, their star player, after he was involved in a situation which led to the death of a young woman. Nick Saban took to the podium yesterday and shared his thoughts about the situation. Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team 
on all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. See, that last part is why this is so good, Mike, because yep. Nate Oates, the head coach for Alabama basketball, when making his public comments about Brandon Miller, said he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, Nick Saban's a very careful guy with words. I don't think that was a coincidence, although he and I guess some of his surrogates have, have claimed that um, they are. Um, so it, uh, I don't know, but, um, you know, we've already had once, I think it was this academic year in the sec kind of coach on coach friction, uh, within a program with Calipari and, uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Yeah. And, yeah. and how and about Mark a and M and Nick Saban as well? Well, yeah, but that's different. That that's, that's two different schools going on. I'm talking about within the same school. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Where, I, I can't remember how this happened. Either Mark Stoops said that Kentucky was no longer a basketball school or, or mm -hmm. something like that, and Calipari took exception to it. Maybe it was the other way around. I, I don't I don't fully remember. But, I mean, what do you think the, uh, the AD at Alabama is thinking as all of this is unfolding, knowing full well that Nick Saban can probably say whatever he wants. Not probably. Yeah, he runs the school. I mean, not, like, not probably put it out there. I mean, he he runs that place. So, um, I think yeah. you can argue he runs the state. Yeah, yeah. Like next to the governor of Alabama, he's probably the most prominent person in the state. He might even be more prominent than the governor. So, uh, I guess this would be kind of a what's the saying? A sticky wicket for the AD because how do you address it? Right. Do you even address it? Is there anything you can say? Um, Nate Oates, to my knowledge, has not really clapped back. To my knowledge, he's got a number one seeded team, he's got a great chance to go to the final four. I don't think he has time for this right now. Uh, but wow, <laughs> yeah. just wow. And 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 if you're in Tuscaloosa watching all this, you're just sitting back and and eating the popcorn and, and waiting for this all to evolve. Well, I think the only I think there's only one potential downside for this. All of the negative stuff surrounding Nate Oates, does he maybe say, I'm a really good coach. I could probably pick and choose where I want to go. You know, does, I want to get away from this drama a little bit. That was when I was thinking about it. That was the only potential downside I could see. Well, it's interesting for Nate Oates. He is still at a football school. Alabama is always going to be a football school. Mm -hmm. Alabama could win the next four national championships of college basketball. It's still always going to be a football school. This is something Billy Donovan had to deal with at Florida. You know, he won back-to-back -back national championships at Florida. Florida was still a, and is a football school mm -hmm. with a strong basketball program. Does Nate Oates want to run a strong basketball program at a football school or does he want to run a strong basketball program at a basketball school, knowing that financially the outcome will probably be comparable? Alabama has very deep pockets. Uh, you know, from a facility standpoint, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know if that would really be a big deal. You're also in the world of one and done. 
So, you know, as far as being a program builder is concerned, that's not really an immediate concern anymore. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Nate Oates does survey the situation and, and look at some of the openings and, you know, like Georgetown is tanking now. But um, Well, you mentioned John Calipari. What if they move on? Yeah, I, I mean, and Kentucky would be absolutely the, the type of school that would, I'm sure, ask Alabama for permission. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think, again, it's it's a different type of challenge to go to a basketball school and succeed as opposed to a football school and succeed. That's why Tubby Smith was only going to go so far at Georgia. Hmm. You know, all due respect to Georgia, Georgia's a football school. Basketball is probably second on the list of athletic priorities. I, you could maybe even argue third. Their baseball team is pretty important yeah. over there. I mean, that, that argument could absolutely be made. So, you know, there was only so long that they were going to be able to keep Tubby Smith. And, and that could be the same situation at Alabama. Whether or not it's a product of all of this and uh, maybe accidentally on purpose, coincidental comment, I don't know. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a perfect way to summarize it and a perfect way to end it right there. All Accidentally right. on purpose. Yes. All right. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the Off Air Podcast. A big thanks to the head hunter, Mike Conti. Follow him at Mike Conti 929. I am Chris Thomas. Follow me at C Thomas Radio. By the next time we speak, Atlanta United may have tacked on another eight goals. We shall see. And, uh, is Nate Oates preparing to coach at Kentucky? We'll find out. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening.